Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Are y'all awake today? How are y'all feeling? It's Father's Day. And we have a really good dad. And he's really the only thing I know what to preach about. So it's perfect for Father's Day. <laughs> Did you guys also know that it's a, it's a beginning of a new season? Today, June 20th, is also the first day of summer. I was telling Wendy about a month ago when we were leaving here, I was in Isaiah 61 and I looked at her and I said, I really feel like that Sozo Church right now is in an Isaiah 61. Whew. An Isaiah ooh, 61 season. And um, as we were leaving, her Facebook reminded her that she shared something. You know how Facebook does that thing where it, it's like it shares a memory? My wife doesn't ever post anything on Facebook, like spiritual, if you know her. She posts pictures of kids, but she doesn't do that. And she had shared Isaiah 61 in 2014, and it just shared her with the memory. So I think that's all the confirmation that I needed. So being Father's Day and being in a new season, even after hearing what happened last week, where God is just doing something very deep in here for the city, and that he's using Sozo Church and partnering with you to rebuild the city. So I just wanna pray Isaiah 61. Can everyone just hold their hands out? I feel like this being a new season that God is doing something new and I just wanna release this over you. I may not make it through all of it. The spirit of the Lord God is upon you because you... Uh, because the Lord has anointed you to preach the tidings to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who were bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console who's, who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the, desol the desolations of many generations. Wow, I just want to stop right there because that's, there's a lot in there. Just you guys receive that. I want to Start off by just kind of going, obviously you guys don't know who I am. I see a lot of friends in the aisle. Though. I even have friends from Hawaii that go to church here now, the Becerras. But my journey has been much different than a lot of people that have grown up in church. Obviously, my life has been a total wreck until about 2008. Um, I was a drug dealer. I've been homeless. I was a drug addict. Um, I was in and out of jail. I, Richie had 21 felonies that came here a few months ago. I don't know how you do that. I was not like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, dude, I heard him. I was like, I thought I was bad. How is that even possible to get 21 felonies? Like, that is like next level. You were doing some crazy stuff. Um, even smuggled drugs from Mexico when I was younger. I like to get the shocking stuff out first because if you, if you shock people in the beginning, it opens them up to receive. Are you guys awake yet? <laughs> Before I get started, I just, I have a word for you and I, and I feel like God wants to do it now 
like rather than the end because I feel like he just wants to like recognize you in front of everyone. Do you mind standing up, Adam? When we were in worship, I just heard God say, this is a man after my own heart. Wow. And he said it in a Kim Clement voice. Wow. He said, behold, this is a man after my own heart. And I just feel like there's just an anointing of David on you. And it's, sometimes it's felt like you're more of a Jonathan. Wow. Like you're just the support for the team because you have such a heart to serve. But God's saying, also look at David's life and see that he also had a heart to serve as well. Wow, he, he served even before he became king. And I just feel like he just wants you to know that he sees all the, the, the sacrifices and stuff that you've made in your life. But he's also saying over the last three to four years, I've been fathering you in such a way because I have a lot of really big things for your life. I feel like you've had an encounter with God between three and four years ago that kind of just marked you. And he just wants to blow an increase on that. And, and I also feel like, I don't know if you're like a meteorologist or what you're doing, but I see you like reporting the news or something. <laughs> Does that make sense? Do you do something with, you're a teacher? Okay, but I see God is saying to you that there's, you're, I'm not necessarily saying you're gonna go to Hollywood or anything like that, but that you're gonna be in household name. God is saying that Adam Byerly, wow, is a household name and people will know your name. I just wanna bless you right now, Father. I just bless Adam and I just speak increase to the shepherd anointing, the pastoral anointing. God said, I've given you a pastoral heart to shepherd people well, wow. And I just see people coming to you, even for advice, simple advice. God is saying, I give you simple words of encouragement that come from a place of love. And then Adam, you are a safe place. And I just thank you for being a safe place. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, if you're looking for a good guy, I don't know if he's taken, but that guy's not gonna do you wrong. I'm looking. What's your degree in? My degree journalism. Journalism. Is that like on the news or something? <laughs> okay, I was like, I was, on the, I was like, that's a pretty bold thing to say. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So I didn't grow to church growing up. What, what, the times that I did go, I went to a denominational church and it was very much like, you're just kind of taking the rules and you're, you're like, you're a servant, right? Like you step up and it's like, you're serving God. And it's like, okay, you're here to be a servant. But when I started encountering God, that is not at all how he revealed himself to me. So my last draw was I slipped my wrist and I sat in my bathtub and I watched my wrist bleed until eventually my wrist stopped bleeding. I was addicted to heroin. I was a gnarly dude. This is like back in 2002, 2003. And I started going to church uh, with my aunt and uncle. I detoxed off drugs. I went and moved in with them. And a part of the requirement for me living in their house was I had to go to church with them on Sunday. And once I moved into their house, I could feel the presence of God in their house. It's kind of like when you walk in here, you're like, there's something different. Here And God was revealing himself to me as father. And I'd never had that before. We, I remember we went up going to church one Sunday. I think it was like my second Sunday there. And it was one of those weird churches. Everyone's waving the flags. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, woo, it's like the flag waving. It's like, and I was like, these people's cheese has literally slid off their cracker. <laughs> these people are crazy. 
Um, but I could tell what they were feeling was real. And I'm like, these people are not faking what they're feeling and like whatever they're feeling, I want some of that. Um, so I just raised my hands up to start worshiping God. And as soon as I raised my hands up, boom, I went down to the ground and I had a visitation from Jesus inside a four square church, a little bitty church um, in Kaufman, Texas. Has anyone ever heard of Kaufman? You grew up in Kaufman? It was called Oak Hill Church. Um, ended up getting knocked to the ground and I have an encounter, encounter with Jesus on the ground. And at that time, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. But in that moment, I got up and I'm like, how many of you know if you're an atheist and you meet God face to face, like that's gonna mess with you a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was an atheist and I got up off the ground and like I was, the whole time he was talking to me, I was just on the ground, just like, kicking, it felt like I took like 20 ecstasy tabs. I know you don't know what that feels like, but, it, but if you would have ever have done that, you would have known exactly what that would feel like. And I was kicking the ground and rolling and everything he was saying to me, I was just saying yes to him. And had I known that wasn't normal, I would have probably been taking notes. But he was talking to me and I was kicking the ground and I'm like, this is not the God that I've encountered, that I've even read about through the Bible when I tried when I was in jail and you pull out the Bible and you start reading it. I started reading in really hard passages. So I wanna go back to the beginning. It says when, when God in the very beginning, it says he's Elohim, he is master, right? He is judge. When he created creation, it refers to him as Elohim. But there's a Jewish oral tradition because they can't say words like yod heh vav I don't know how to pronounce all those words, right? And Yahweh, that are too holy to say, they stick in the word Hashem, so when he created mankind, he created himself. Hashem means dad. So it says to them, to creation, everything works according to the counsel of my will, but to them, I'm dad. And you can see him partner with humanity from there. He allowed us to name the animals, right? Giving them their very identity. I want you guys to, to name the animals. When they screwed up, what did he do? He covered them. He was their dad. It was a prophetic prototype of what Jesus would later come and do and he would cover you. And I'm like, this is not, we see it, God paints a picture of him being a God who serves his creation. This is gonna mess with you a little bit and then I'll explain. Are you guys okay with that? Are y'all hanging on? So when you think about that, it says creation testifies of who God is. Are your children serving you or are you serving them? Don't worry, I'm gonna clear this up in a minute. Don't worry. But if I ask my daughter, hey, can you go get me something out of the refrigerator? My four-year-old's gonna laugh at me and go, nope. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay. And she, dad, will you go get me something out of the refrigerator? Yes, I will, right? We serve God because he first served us. This Bible says we love because he first loved us. Someone's gonna get this. If one of you gets this, I'm okay with it, but I would rather everyone get this. We love because he first loved us. We serve because he first served us and he's a really good dad. Really good. I don't serve out of a place of, it's okay, you guys can do that. I don't serve out of a place from, I'm here to serve my dad. I know my dad is smitten with me and he is absolutely in love with me and I can't help but contain myself. He's not pointing out the sin in me. He's pointing out the son in me. 
And because of that, a son gets way more work done than a servant because they value the relationship more. It said that when God created, this one's really gonna mess with you, but I'll explain, okay? Don't worry, I'll cover my ground. Don't throw stones at me. But it says that when God created man, it says that he blessed them. He created Adam and Eve, made them in his image, and it said he blessed them. There are seven Hebrew words that are used for the word praise. And that is one of them. It said that he created mankind and it said he praised them. That word literally means you can look this up in your concordance. Okay, I'm not crazy. It says that. That he kneels before his creation in adoration and he praises them. It's in there. I'm just gonna let that sink in for a second because that's kind of a lot. It says that he praises us. How many of you guys praise your kids? I know I do. You see through, he sees you through an unrealistic lens of love. He is absolutely smitten by you. You You're the apple of his eye. And you can know this when you go to a sporting event and you see, like, I remember I've been a baseball player. I've been um, an athletic director. I've been a coach. Like, People praise their kids in a very unrealistic way. <laughs> and they think they're way better than they are. I don't know if y'all noticed that. <laughs> I'm like, he, I'm like, because I sit on that for a while, I'm like, God, what do I do with that? Like, you praise? I was like, okay, well, that's offensive. So I had to sit on it for a while. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? But creation testifies of who he is right? If, if you praise your own kids, what makes you think you're better than he is? Right? Is anybody understanding this? I think that's one of the reasons in 1 Corinthians 1, it talks about the foolishness of the cross because these people are used to serving a God that they serve, right? Like all these people, their mind has always been, we serve God. But then when a God comes and serves his own creation, that's foolishness. A God that would come and lay his life down for his kids is foolishness to them because they had never even thought about like, this is a, this is a different kind of father. He's painting a new picture for them. It's the foolishness of the cross. They call it foolish. God doesn't come serve his creation. Yes, he does. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the father. Thomas said, well, are you gonna show us the father? And Jesus is like, I've been with you this whole time and you don't recognize me? I don't come to serve, I don't come to be served. I come to serve and pay my life as a ransom. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. That clears a lot of things up for me because I've had a lot of questions. And it's always been like, I've always thought like, what, what does God get out of this? Like, what does he get out of this? And then I look, I'm gonna go with me to Ephesians 1. If you have your Bible app, you can turn the page with the finger. 
out of this, this whole Ephesians 1, he's going through this powerful prayer for people. And this is the thing that he wants them to get most because he knows this is the thing that's gonna release the most power in their life. Starting in verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, listen to this. This is what he's praying for. I pray that you give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, the thing that he wants them to get the most, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The next verse, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What are the riches of glory of his inheritance in the saints? What does that mean? He sees you as rich and glorious. What does he get out of this? It says he inherits you. One thing that's gonna be a game changer, you start seeing yourself as something of value. It says that Jesus came to bring many sons to glory. That word is glorious doxa. It's honor, affirmation, love. He's affirming them in value. Is anyone understanding? Are you guys good? Are y'all just thinking about what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. We always wait. There's this thing, especially in American Christianity, is like we're waiting to die to one day to go to heaven and meet Jesus and then have our inheritance. But it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So where is the kingdom? It's in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Listen, death is not our savior, Jesus is. We don't wait and receive our inheritance and our love and our relationship with God when we die one day. Death is not your savior, okay? You begin a relationship and walk it out with him right now and you get a hefty down payment. That's what it says. It says you get a hefty down payment. I believe that about four years ago, God started revealing to me that every family actually has an inheritance. There's, there's been some that have maybe dropped the ball or the baton down the line and someone has picked it up. Like every family has some kind of inheritance, whether it's you're really good at something or it's something to give. You're handing something down and every family I believe has it. And I went on this journey um, about four years ago, man, I don't have much time left. Okay. I went on this journey a few years ago and I'm like, I want my inheritance. And that's not bad to say. Some people are like, well, that's greedy Christianity. Well, if you look at Jacob and Esau, it says, Jacob, I have love. Esau, I've hated. But that word hated be encouraged because in their culture, that means more like frustrated. And it doesn't mean that Jacob was well beha- more behaved than Esau. If you look throughout there, Jacob was a gnarly dude. He was tricking people all the time. I, you could arguably say he was a lot worse than Esau. But what? He was spiritually hungry for his inheritance. So much so that he betrayed his brother. And God is like, I love this guy. He wants his inheritance. He wants to see how good I am. Let's give it to him. And I, I realized like, okay, I don't have a natural inheritance that I'm receiving from my family. 
Like they're not handing me over something big and being like, I just bless you, son, and I'm handing something off to you. But what I did, I started to recognize the gifts that were on my family. One of them being my dad was a scout for the New York Yankees. My dad had a really keen eye for seeing potential in people. We would go to these games and see 11 and 12 year olds and he would look at a kid and I was 11 or 12 because we were looking at players for our team and he would say, Shane, that kid's gonna make a lot of money one day. And I'm like, but dad, he's not even the best player on his team. Like, he's like, that kid's gonna make a lot of money one day. And of course we picked him up on our team, ended up being the third overall draft pick when we graduated high school. I found another kid, brought him on our team. Wasn't, I didn't even think he was the best player on his own team, same thing. Kid's gonna make a lot of money one day. And I'm like, okay. Ends up being the eighth overall draft pick the next year. And I, and I start to see like, okay, like from a, spiritual, from a natural perspective, my dad had a really good eye to see potential in people. And then from my perspective, I'm like, well, from a spiritual perspective, I have a really good eye for seeing potential in people spiritually. You start to recognize the gifts on your family and then that, it's like, be thankful for that. Okay, I got that. Okay, I got that. I see my grandfather, they have a monument of him in front of our football stadium because he raised up uh, baseball players and softball players. He discipled them in his own way. He trained them. And I'm like, okay, I've done that before. I used to train people how to walk in the gifts of the spirit and things like that. And I'm like, okay. Well, one day in my journey of searching ancestry.com, I don't know if any of y'all have ever done that. <laughs> I'm on this journey for a really long time. I'm searching on ancestry and I'm like, dude, where's my inheritance at? Who dropped the ball? I was like, thank God, I found a praying great, 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 great grandma that served our church. I saw the obituary, I'm like, she prayed. It's like, she might've prayed for me. Um, and I was just searching and I'd started cleaning swimming pools um, to make extra money. I was a college pastor and, a, and an athletic director. We had a child, I'm like, we need a little bit more money. Um, and I started the business and the business just grew and took off until people started asking us to build pools and remodel pools. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Like we started leaving a lot of money on the table and I'm like, Jesus, like I feel like I'm supposed to start saying yes, but I don't know how to do this. So eventually we just started saying yes because we had prophetic words given to us that God is doing something new. Just start saying yes. It doesn't make sense for now, but it will later. So I got this job offer to basically do, they say it's like a once in a lifetime job offer that for a pool guy to remodel an Olympic pool and remodel a dive pool, which as they say is like a once in a lifetime job for, for a pool guy. And I'm cleaning the pool one day and I'm like, I'm freaking out. Cause I'm like, I could, lo I could lose my butt on this one. <laughs> you know, I could get sued. Um, this, is, this could go really bad. But Lord said, do it. We had told there's an opportunity coming to say yes to it, even though it would sound impossible. And I'm sitting there and I'm cleaning the pool and I'm freaking out a little bit. And I said, God, what is going on? Like, I can't do this. And he, and he said, I'm giving you what you asked for. And I'm like, what? What is that? Like stress and no sleep? Because um, I didn't ask for that. Dear God. And he said, I'm giving you your inheritance. And I said, okay, well, I've searched ancestry and there's zero pool people in my ancestry line. 
I was like, the only thing I found is moonshiners and bootleggers. And I'm like, Lord, I've already done that. I, re I received that anointing and I got locked up and I stopped doing that. Um, and cotton pickers. And I'm like, what I discovered is they would put my family in jail um, on the weekends to keep them from bootlegging moonshine in Mississippi and that they would let them out during the week to pick the cotton fields. Like we were, really, we were a really poor family, like real poor. Um, and he said, I'm not doing that on, on your side. He goes, I'm restoring something on Wendy's side. And I was like, what, what is that? He said, there's an inheritance for swimming pools on Wendy's side. And I said, okay. And then I remembered when I'd first met Wendy, she had told me that her dad owned a swimming pool company in San Diego and built swimming pools for 30 years. And that the enemy came and took, the, took it out. And God's saying, I'm coming to restore that and redeem that business through your life. And I was like, oh my God, like, okay. Like, and it just so happened Wendy's dad moved here and picked up the baton back. And now he's helping us build pools. He redeemed. He redeemed and restored something, an inheritance that had been lost. Just like Jesus did in his own family line. It, calls him, it says what? He sits on the throne of David. He picked up the inheritance of his father, David, whose son Solomon dropped the ball, right? And then someone picked it up and dropped it, picked it up and dropped it, picked it up and dropped it. And it doesn't matter your family history because your family lineage, I guarantee if you go back and look at the genealogy, it, it lists the genealogy for a reason. It's not to skip over. You, what you're gonna find in Jesus's genealogy is prostitutes, murderers, adultery, all kinds of stuff. And Jesus picked it up. It went from a, it went from a natural inheritance to God giving him a spiritual inheritance that we all participate in. That we're one with him. It says we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. We don't have to wait till we die to get our inheritance. It says we are already in heaven. Ephesians 2, 6, to keep it legal. You are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Okay? So we don't have this disqualification where you don't know my family, brother. It doesn't matter. He's bringing restoration and redemption over family inheritance today. And it's gonna transform a city. That's his plan. I wanna read through Luke 15 really quick. I don't have much time, but I do wanna go through it just really quick. There's a story that we all read in Luke 15 and we call it the, the prodigal son story. But if you look at it before, before that parable, I'm gonna start in verse one. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them saying, and then he goes into a few parables, the woman who lost her coin, right? And it said, when she found her coin, they celebrated with her. They were not celebrating the coin. They were celebrating the woman who found her coin. Next parable, he goes in talking about the shepherd. He throws a party. I found my lost sheep. I left the 99 
and went after the one. But the story is not about um, the sheep. They didn't throw the party for the sheep. They were celebrating the guy who found his sheep. The last parable, he doesn't change things. I know we do this whole thing like this, you know, this parable is about the prodigal, but the parable is about the son. I mean, the parable is about the father who finds his son. And, he, and we can't even say that he repented because it said he was hungry, so he came home. It didn't say he, he repented. It says he was lost, but now he is found. So even when he returned, his intentions were he was just hungry. But a father saw a guy, his son, who basically, when you ask for your inheritance early, I'm not gonna go through this, I don't have time, but he asked for his inheritance early, which is like whisking your father was dead back then. And legally, the father could have stoned the son, thrown him in jail. I don't know what the law was. It was bad. He could have done something to him. So he releases the son to go out in the far country. And we always have this picture of like I did when I was growing up and I would read this story or hear it or see it, that he was living on a mansion on a hill and that he saw his son coming. But everyone back then lived in villages that would have been about six acres with a street about eight, eight feet wide, which means the father would have had to have been looking for the son. So he sees his son coming from afar off. He does the most humiliating thing that someone can do in their culture, which is raise their robe up and run. I don't even like to wear shorts right now, but let me tell you, for a man back then to raise his robe up and run is the most shameful and humiliating thing that you could have done. He sees his son, he runs to him, and before the son can even get his confession out, the father says quickly, bring the robe. He falls at his feet, bring the robe, which would have been the, bring the best robe, which would have been the father's robe, the ring and the sandals. He didn't say, go get cleaned up. I'm gonna give you your inheritance back. Give it to him now. I believe in that moment, he's painting a picture of the cross and what Jesus would have done for us by running the gauntlet for us. He ran the gauntlet for you and died a shameful death on the cross. And yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for you, Ephesians 2. When you were still far off, he brought you near in the blood of Christ. And I just feel like today that God is wanting to like re-stir people up that maybe have been felt dormant. Maybe like there's been a, a baton that's been dropped in your family and you're just like looking for like, okay, what is that? Like, I don't understand inheritance um, or anything like that. But if, it, if that's you, you know what? I'm just gonna, first of all, ask the fathers to stand up. Will the fathers stand up? Can you just hold out your hands? Lord, I just thank you for the fathers in this room. Lord, I just play a blessing of generational inheritance that doors would start to open up even now where, where there's been a baton maybe that feel like it's been dropped or something along the way. God, I just ask that you would stir a hunger to pull that thing back in. Father, I just thank you for a generational blessing over these fathers, this Father's Day. And that you would increase your wisdom, increase your glory on their lives, Father. And I just wanna affirm you even as a father and just say, God, this is my beloved son. God is saying, these are my beloved sons in whom I'm well pleased.
and I just bless you guys. And I just thank you and I honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys can sit down. Can the future father stand up? Could y'all hold out your hands? I feel like this is gonna be good. Future fathers, I just bless your journey right now. God, I thank you that they don't have to have everything figured out, that, that you are free to go and do and to explore all you want. So Lord, we just bless them. In Jesus' name, we bless your journey. God, we just thank you that there's a baton to be picked up. In Jesus' name, we just ask that even now you would just move in a way that the inheritance is brought back. There's nothing you could have done to mess this up. You didn't get it, you didn't earn it yourself. So what makes you think you could take it away from yourself? So Lord, I just bless them with generational inheritance in Jesus' name. Can we have the ministry team come forward? I feel like there's at least two people in here that maybe have not heard something like that, especially that God loves you and that you wanna give your life to Christ today. If that's you, could I, I just ask you to come forward? If not, it's okay. He sees the heart. Okay, you guys can, you guys can go. But what I wanna invite you to do now is if there's something you do want an inheritance and you don't know what that inheritance is, could you come up here and get prayer? You guys good? All right. Actually, I have a word for this lady back here. Can I, is this okay? All right. For this lady in the black shirt, I just, I know Nicole, Nicole introduced me to you one time and I'm so sorry. I was, what is it? Chate. I just saw you looking at two moons and one of them was a little moon and one was a big moon. And I just feel like there's a fivefold grace on your life. And God is saying, I'm upgrading your office for you. There's an upgrade coming. I don't know if it's like you mix it with business, but there's an apostolic prophetic ministry over your life. Whoa. And it's an encouragement ministry. And I just see you encouraging people and it's an empowerment movement. God's saying she's a creator of an empowerment movement. In Jesus' name. Whoa. Yeah, and there's, a, there's an inheritance that God is upgrading you to today because I saw a little moon and then God's saying, I'm upgrading you to a big moon. And symbolically in the Bible, the moon usually means positions of authority. Whoa. It's, it's like an apostolic prophetic. I don't know if it's literal government or like spiritual government, but it's a fivefold office. I don't know which one it is, but it's like prophetic apostolic. So Father, I bless her and her new ministry. Wow. And her upgrade in Jesus' name picked up the baton. God, we thank you that she's picked up a baton in her family and God's saying, you're just going for it. And he's just cheering you on. I just see like even stadiums and stuff like that. Whoa. 
and that you just speaking and just releasing empowerment over people in events. God, I thank you for the events. Yes, more, more anointing. Yeah, I just thank you, God, that you're giving her more prophetic insight. And he says, because your heart is gold, he can trust you. He says, I just trust you to steward this thing really well. And I know there's been hard, whoa, hard things that happen to come up to this moment. But God is saying, I bless you. I see what you're doing. And I see your heart to move into your, whatever it is, business slash bivocational thing that you do. In Jesus' name. Yeah. That makes sense? Okay. All right. Wendy, do you have anything? That could be a lot. Okay. You? I don't have a word for you yet, but I will. Do you mind standing up? Lord, I just thank you. There's an anointing over your life for business. Wow. God, I just thank you that you're doing something so deep in his heart. What's your name? Caleb. Whoa. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I just see like God saying there's, you just steward things really well. I just see like, you have a very humble heart. Like if I was to um, run, have a flat tire or something middle of the night, I could call Caleb and Caleb would help me out. God is saying, I just love your heart. And I just thank you that you steward things so well that you just have a heart for stewardship. And really you just wanna do the right thing. Like God is saying, like he's the kind of person, like he really just wants to do the right thing and whatever that is, he does it. And he says, I see that. And I just wanna bless that in you. And I just see like a double portion over your life where God is gonna come in and bless you. I just see lots of land. Like one day you're gonna have a lot of land. And I feel like it's almost like you're gonna be the safe Caleb that people come and see you and you create something. It's like, you don't even have a heart to be, you don't want the spotlight. Like that's not something that you desire but that you're gonna create a place for people to come and gather and free to be themselves. And it's just like, you're there to serve. God's saying he's given you a heart to serve. And I thank you that you have such a heart to serve. Like your heart is gold, Caleb. You know that? You have a solid heart. There's like, this is a good man, really good man right here. Bless you, Caleb. If you felt like someone in your family or you personally has dropped your inheritance, can you come forward? Yes, Lord, I just pray for these guys and I just declare that the inheritance has not been dropped because Jesus already picked it up for you. And now you're in his kingdom with his righteousness, with his favor, with his provision in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you're just bringing restoration and encounters right now. I ask that you would encounter them and just show them what that even would look like or how that would even make sense or what does this look like practically for my life? And God is saying over you puddles that 
I just call her puddles. It's an inside thing. God is saying over you that you're gonna, you're like the disciple that Jesus loved. You're John. And that's the reason why you get all puddled up and you cry on the floor and stuff like that. But God has also said like, he's created you to be like a very prophetic person. Like I'm just seeing like, like maybe in the future, there's gonna be something that's really gonna really big happen for your life. But God is saying you're like a Christian mystic. God's saying she experiences my presence. She sees things, she feels things. But, but more importantly, you don't care about that. You just wanna be the disciple that sits at Jesus's feet. And God's saying, I see your heart and I bless you. And I just wanna say over you that nothing in your family past could hinder what God wants to do over you. So I just released the prophetic anointing, the seer gift, the feeler gift, everything over you in Jesus' name to greater levels. Yeah, um, I just see God unlocking. There's, He's giving keys. And I feel like there's people that aren't up here that God is unlocking things in your family inheritance that you're, you're and if you wanna just stand up if you feel that, because I feel like there's a people that God is giving keys. He's releasing keys right now. So just hold out your hands in front of you. And Father, we thank you right now, God, that you are unlocking places that have been locked up for, for some, for generations, like you haven't even seen what he had unlocked before. And he's giving you a key right now to unlock that, not only for your line, but for the city, for the region, and for this nation and the world. And, and many of you will be called out. You will be called out. Um, I see people going to nations, but I also see many in this body that have an unlocking for this city and for this region. And so Father, right now, I release those keys into the hands of those that are, they're, they're holding their hands out to you, God, and you're releasing keys to unlock inheritances, Father. And we thank you for that, Jesus. I see, um, I see that there's marriages now that God is giving keys and, and you felt locked up in your marriage and God is releasing that. And for business and entrepreneurship, God is releasing keys and He's, he's just bringing an anointing. And, and it says that the anointing breaks the yoke. And so Father, we just thank you right now that the yoke is being broken by your anointing and that your keys are opening these gates for these people's lives and for this city and for this region. In Jesus' name, amen. We could do this all day, but our children workers would probably not feel good about that. So if you wanna come forward and get prayer, if any of this resonates with you, the ministry team is up forward.